Hey, I'm Doug McAllister, and this is Journey's podcast, Stories I Didn't Tell Last Sunday. Thanks for joining me today. I want to tell you a story about my dad. This is Father's Day week uh, that we're recording this. You may be watching it much later, but I want to uh, tell a story to you about my dad. Uh, and before I get to that, though, I do want to uh, uh, just celebrate uh, what a great day at Journey uh, we had yesterday. It was Father's Day Sunday. Uh, at, at the church and we did something unique that we kind of invented uh, a couple years ago uh, we had a celebration and this year we called it the parking lot party and we set up some tents out in the parking lot and we had a bunch of us guys brought our grills and we uh, we fried catfish and we grilled hot wings and barbecue wings uh, and thick juicy bacon i think we counted um we did over a thousand servings of food yesterday and man i i tried uh, a little bit of each one uh, the wings were especially good uh, i like barbecue wings the bacon was amazing uh, we just had a great time and we just celebrated dads we wanted dads to know when they got out of their car sunday morning at journey that we honor fatherhood we celebrate masculinity and we affirm uh, men's role in the community in the home and in the church uh, so that's why we did it was just to affirm uh, men and celebrate fatherhood and just uh, pat those guys on the back who do most of the the working and the living and the dying uh, in this world and you know they are just special to us. All of our dads are special. And then once you got inside the, the lobby at the church in the cafe, we had a, uh, a keg of Abita root beer. If you're not from this area, you probably have heard of the brand name Abita. Well, Abita's uh, right down the interstate from Slidell uh, in Abita Springs. They have their own flavor of root beer. So we got a keg of Abita root beer on tap and set it up in the cafe and uh, gave out um, frozen mugs to the dads as they walked in the door so they could get their own, uh, you know, mug of root beer, uh, ice cold right from the tap. Uh, and then in the service itself, uh, we had three giveaways for some, uh, some Yeti um, thermoses and some other stuff that we gave to a few lucky dads and a drawing. It was just a fun day, man. And then we had a special message. Uh, Pastor Pre uh, Ken preached last Sunday. Uh, so I could be out in the parking lot. And the message was focused directly on men and fathers in particular and how much of an impact that dads make in our lives. There may be no other person on the planet that has affected your life like your father. And that goes whether or not you had a great experience with your dad or if your dad was absent fathers leave an indelible mark on their children and you know and i think that's reflected in culture uh you know all the great epic movies and books and stories and songs that involve relationships between fathers and and uh, their children is you know uh, is, is legendary you know star wars luke i am your father you know that's the core of the entire nine uh part you know, sequels of the Star Wars saga, and I think they're making three more now. You know, it all revolves around that one relationship of the brokenness between a father and his son and, and his daughter. You know, uh, 
I think that is just a capture uh, or that captures the essence of how powerful fathers are in our lives. You know, I was very fortunate. I had an incredible dad. Um, I haven't heard his voice in 16 years. And, you know, sometimes you think that life's going to last forever and you just forget life happens and you take it for granted. You know, my dad passed away in uh, June of, of 2006 um, and I haven't heard his voice since 16 years. But the truth is, I hear his voice every day. You know, it's kind of crazy that when I'm... Uh, when I'm doing something around the house or I'm trying to fix something, I hear my dad saying, I wouldn't do it like that. You're going to break that. Or, that's, you know, but you got the tool on the wrong way. You know, my dad taught me how to fish. He taught me how to hunt. Uh, he taught me how to love my wife and taught me how to love my children. You know, uh, sometimes without even saying a word, just watching how he loved my mom. And watching him, how he raised his kids. He didn't really give me a list of things to do or not to do. It was just watching the example of his life. And, you know, my dad was an incredible dude. Um, I'm going to go out to the cemetery this week uh, for Father's Day just to pay my, my respect. I know he's not there. I know it's just his body, but I don't know. It's just something uh, healing about, you know, that, that moment and something I think special because dad leaves such a, a mark on you, you know, forever, you know, and uh, I think that's probably, uh, you know, true in every one of our lives. And um, when I was 12 years old, um, you know, we lived out in the country. We were country people uh, to the core, you know. Uh, so I turned 12 October of 1974. Um, and my dad came home from work that day. He worked every day at the same job as long as I knew him. Uh, he'd, he'd leave at 5.30 um, every morning. Or, uh, he'd leave, maybe it's 4.30. Every morning he would leave at the same time. He'd come home at the same time every day. Uh, well, this day was a little unique. He came home, and we would eat supper at 4.30. That's what we call it in the country. We don't call it dinner. We call it supper. So we'd eat supper every day at 4.30 precisely when my dad got home from work. My mom had everything ready. Well, that day, he, he brought in a, a long box, and um, he said, I got you a present for your birthday. And I opened it up, and it was uh, a 410 shotgun. Uh, and that's, you know, not your normal gift you give a 12-year-old. Here, here's a shotgun. I don't know if we if people still do that a lot or not, but um, it was special because my, my dad took me hunting with him all the time, you know, but I never had a gun until I turned 12. And then he took me out and taught me how to shoot it and how to load it and how to clean it and how to store it. Uh, he taught me all the safety rules of guns, and I still have that gun. You know, I'm, uh, I'm 58 now, 59 um, nearly. Uh, so I've had that gun now for 47 years. Uh, I haven't fired it since I was 18 years old, but every time I've moved, I brought that gun with me. It, it represents, you know, uh, a coming of age um, moment in my life where my dad, you know, trusted me with a gun and then taught me how, how to use it. You know, when I was uh, the same summer, uh, we went camping. Um, there's a, there's this camping area that's overgrown now, but 
at that time we called it Logtown, Mississippi. Uh, it was out near uh, the Pearl River, uh, and it was an old town that had been uh, wiped away by one of the hurricanes. I think it was Betsy, uh, I believe, leveled that city and or that little town and never recovered. Uh, but it became sort of like a, a camping, you know, uh, mecca for people to go to and camp. Uh, right on the on the banks of the Pearl. So we were out there at, at Logtown and we were camping and my dad and my older brother and I and we had a tent and a campfire and you know all of the uh, stuff you do when you're camping and we're sitting around the fire at night. Uh, we'd been fishing all day. Uh, my dad had a little radio. Apparently it was battery operated and he had it on a country music station and and man, this is one of those moments that just is seared in my soul. That's a story I wanted to tell you today. So there we are late at night on the banks of the Pearl River, me and my dad and my brother sitting out and my dad's talking and we're just enjoying the quiet. And the radio, um, a song comes on that my dad apparently liked, so he turned it up. And it was B.J. Thomas singing, Hey, Won't You Play? another somebody done somebody wrong song which may be the longest title in the history of the world for our song uh but i remember hearing bj singing the song and and listening in the night air and uh it captured a moment in my life between me and my dad you know and even though it was a love song about a love gone wrong and so forth it didn't really apply to dads but the song and the melody and the sound and the feeling and the emotions, every time I hear that song, man, I am right back on the Pearl River, sitting next to my pop in the middle of the dark woods, listening to this song and, and feeling loved and happy and uh, feeling anxious for the future and wanting to know what life's about, you know, and I think that's, um, that happens to all of us that those moments in time kind of become defining moments in our, you know, manhood. So the next morning when the sun came up, um, I asked my dad if I could, uh, drive the boat and he had a 14 foot aluminum flat with a little, um, uh, Evan Root on the back. Uh, and it was a three passenger boat. It was real tiny, uh, it was so small that the engine, you would steer it with, uh, you know, the shaft from uh, the actual outboard motor. We didn't have a steering wheel. You would just guide it with uh, and the throttle end of uh, the motor. Uh, so he said, yeah, I think you're old enough. So my dad got in and I cranked up the boat and uh, revved up the engine and, and took off. And he let me drive up and down the Pearl River and stood on the bank and waved me at me as I went by. <clears throat> now, had my mom known that, she probably would have not been happy about it. You know, moms don't want their 12-year-old boys, you know, cruising up and down the Pearl River alone. But, you know, my dad knew it was time that I, I take a step, you know, and become a man, you know. And uh, those those moments are, are just special, you know. And um, and they go by way, way too quick. And... Uh, And we treasure them forever. And we're grateful. And maybe that's why, maybe that's why God referred to, to, refers to himself as our Father in heaven. 
you know, because God's much more than a father. We know that God is the the omnipotent creator of the universe. He's the almighty. He's from everlasting to everlasting. You know, he's, he's more than words this can describe, but yet when he wanted to introduce himself to us, he introduced himself to us as a father of all the roles, of all the titles he could have used to introduce himself, king, powerful ruler, almighty, and he is all those things. But when he wanted us to know him, he said, I'll be your, your father. Man, how amazing is that, that God wants to be our our Father, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. <clears throat> C.S. Lewis had a really neat quote about that. He said, and this is a paraphrase, you can look it up for the exact, uh, but he said something like this. I think humans don't want a father in heaven as much as they would like a grandfather in heaven, <laughs> you know, because grandfathers uh, are one generation removed and they are uh, love, you know, loving and, and kind and visiting. Uh, but it's the fathers who do the hard work of discipline and provision and protection and all the things that a child needs to, to grow up and become an adult, you know, come from the hands of the father, you know, from your dad. And I don't know who you called dad in your life. I hope you were fortunate and had a dad. Uh, we learned yesterday in the message uh, that uh, a great majority of children in America grow up in a different house from their dad. And I think that may be the... Uh, the pandemic that we're ignoring. That's the great plague on America. Of all the other battles that we're fighting, the one that we're losing and hardly ever addressing is the battle of fathers not raising their kids and kids growing up without a dad. But you know, a child will find a dad to attach to, a father to follow. I think it's just born in us. It's innate in our lives. We need that male influence. We need, a, we need the masculine influence in our lives. We need a leader. We need a, we need a discipliner. We need somebody to call us out. You know, my dad could spot a lie from a mile away. I can never lie to my dad because <laughs> he could see through it, man, like... Uh, like an old screen door. He could just see right through it and he would call me out, you know, because, you know, he loved me enough just to not let me get away with, uh, you know, um, with petty lies or, you know, or being something that he knew that I wasn't or getting involved in something he knew that I should not be involved in. You know, that's how, that's how dads are, you know, and um, I just think that's, um, that's missing in our culture right now. We're, we're, we're growing a fatherless generation and we haven't seen the destruction 
yet of the fruit of a generation who grew up without a dad. You know, um, uh, I don't know where you are today with your earthly dad. Um, chances are you didn't have a good relationship with your earthly dad or maybe your stepdad raised you or an adopted dad raised you or maybe your grandpa raised you, you know, but whoever filled the role of dad in your life, I want you to remember that the Bible teaches us that honoring father and mother is the first a commandment that has a promise attached to it. In fact, Jesus even mentioned that, you know, how important it was to honor your father. And honoring your father has nothing to do with whether or not they deserve it. I think we sometimes misunderstand the scripture, you know, that will honor your dad if he deserves it. Because honor is not really about the recipient more than it is about the giver, you know, because it sets a tone in our life of honor. You know, honoring spiritual authority, uh, honoring uh, human authority. You know, to be in authority, you must learn what it means to be under authority. And that happens naturally in the home. You know, when dad's there, he is the man of the house. Wait till your dad gets home. You know, dad is the guy. He's, he's, he's the final say. You know, it's, uh, it's, everything's okay if dad's home. You know, if there's a, if there's a, a, a a noise in the night and you know dad's in the next room then it's okay you know <clears throat> but if he's not there then it's not and i think that's what we have to remember is especially in this fatherless generation is that we hang on to honor and if your dad's not around to honor then honor the dads that God put into your life maybe you have a spiritual father a pastor or a teacher or a coach uh, or uh, an uncle or a grandpa, somebody that that became your surrogate dad, honor them, you know, write them a note, uh, text them this morning, call them if you have an opportunity. Let them know that you love them. And I know you're busy with your own life and raising your own family. But I think if we take the, the time to honor those men in our lives, it it, it comes back to us and it teaches our own children you know how to walk under authority so that they can to be in authority you know as i'm crossing over uh into my late 50s and you know rachel and i have raised five kids our fifth and final is in college he's a sophomore now uh so four out of our Four, four out of our five kids have already finished college, and our fifth is going to graduate in a couple of years. So that was one of our life goals was we want all of our kids uh, to finish college debt-free so that they can start their life uh, with at least a head start uh, because this world is a race, and we wanted to give our kids the best start possible. Uh, so four out of five are there. The fifth is almost there. Uh, so they're going to be able to, you know, we can – she and I can be able to say that we gave them the best start that, that we could. And, but I built on the legacy that my father gave me, you know, my dad uh, never finished high school, much less went to college, but he always wanted me to go to school. I was the first, um, in my family to go to college. You know, my dad made that possible. You know, he, he, you know, he worked hard so that my life could be better than his. And he used to tell me the story about my grandfather. My grandfather was Calvin, Norman McAllister. Um, 
he he lived um you know during the great depression he was born in the 1890s he was born before men could fly and died right before men made it to the moon my grandpa calvin lived in a century of dramatic and uh, mind-blowing change you know the speed of change of the 20th century uh, has never been seen before my my granddad lived through it all uh, but in the height of the depression uh, and my my grandfather calvin was a farmer uh, who never went past uh, elementary school um, but my dad told me the story uh, at the height of the depression my my grandma would get up in the morning uh, and make them breakfast and, and lunch for school, and they'd have to walk to school. Uh, and there were no lunch programs or lunch rooms at school. But Dad said that, that my grandma Mandy Richardson McAllister would take a biscuit from the night before. And if they were fortunate, it had bacon or sausage left over. And she would make a sandwich out of it, and then she would wrap it in a dish towel, in a, in a cloth dish towel, and he would put it in his... Uh, in his backpack for school and that would be lunch that day you know so all of the great things that my kids and their kids will have I think about what Calvin and Mandy must have felt like how they must have lived their life hoping that their kids could rise up above the Great Depression. Now, the Great Depression is just a story in history. It's a period. You know, we know when it began and when it ended. But when you're living in the middle of it for 15 years, it seems like there's not going to be an end, you know. Um, and it ended probably and only because of, of the World War II that started. You know, uh, my uncle, my dad's oldest brother, um, went into the service and um, I know he, he fought in World War II um, but that marked the end of the Great Depression um, but they didn't really know it was the end um, until you know the war was won the Nazis were defeated and uh, the Allied forces um, you know conquered uh, the Axis and all those young boys and girls came home you know, and I just think about all those 18-year-old boys that went to war in, in 1941. Man, I, I remember being 18. I couldn't imagine, you know, uh, landing on Okinawa or uh, storming the beaches of Normandy or, or, or parachuting into a hostile territory. You know, uh, I think that's why we call it the greatest generation. But that generation was the greatest because... The hard times of, of the Depression created a, a strong backbone of American young men and women, you know, who, who fought and literally saved the world, you know. And I think about Calvin and Mandy, my grandfather, my children's great-grandfather, my grandchildren's great-great-grandfather, and that we're standing on his shoulders today. You know, we're standing on the shoulders of, of Grandpa Calvin and my dad, Wilson, and, you know, all the men who've gone before us, you know, date, dating back. Uh, so I asked um, my dad before he died uh, to take me to all the cemeteries where my grandparents were buried, and we, we did that for a day. He showed me all the, the grave markers, and uh, so occasion, about once a year, I'll go back to 
uh, my dad's parents and my mom's parents just to, you know, pay my respects and remember where we came from. And none of them were perfect and none of them were, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, none of them claimed fame or greatness, but they all did great things. You know, the greatest thing that we can do, I think, in the world is to love our spouse and to raise our kids. And I think at the end, that's how, you know, we're going to judge our life. You know, when we are at our last days and we're counting, you know, the uh, the highlights of our lives, what's going to always matter more than anything is uh, what we did for our family and the people that we loved along the way. You know, nothing else really is going to matter. Um, let me just close it out. I know it's uh, getting late, so I'm going to finish this up today. Um, somebody told this story a while back, and you probably have already heard it. Um, but uh, our life on the tombstone is signified uh, by the year we were born and the year that we died. And in the middle, there's a dash. And that dash is like a blank line that you get to write your story on. You know, and what kind of story are you writing today? You know, how well you love your wife or your husband and how well you love your kids, how well you honor your fathers and your grandfathers and the legacy that you leave and whatever you do and whatever your occupation and whatever... God allows you to do in this world, whether you accomplish great things or just average things, whatever your life amounts to, fill that dash with as much life as you can. Do what you can to leave the world a better place than you found it, you know, and that's what my dad did, you know. Um, he raised five kids, three uh, of us are still alive Two have already gone on my older brother brother older than me I was the baby of, of five therefore his fourth son died way too young my oldest sister died last year and there's two other brothers left you know but my dad left a, a great legacy man and it, it goes on in my kids and in my grandkids um, and I see that in the eyes of my grandchildren they'll never know my dad they'll never get to see his face or hear his voice but he lives in them you know, what he did is echoing through the generations. And they may never hear his voice or they may never feel his touch or, or know, his, uh, know the sound of his voice, but uh, the DNA of, of, of his life flows in all of us, you know? And I think it's a, a picture of the Heavenly Father's influence in our life. Even when we feel at our lowest, even when we feel disconnected and unloved, I want you to remember that he is our father in heaven. Paul called him in Romans, Abba, Abba, father. That was the, uh, that was the Greek colloquial saying for daddy. So Paul called him daddy, that our father in heaven is not just a faraway God who can't be touched, but he's a loving Abba. He's ever present and he will never leave you and he will never forsake you. Honor Abba in heaven and your Abba on earth, even your spiritual fathers, honor them. Hey, this is Doug McAllister and this has been stories I didn't tell last Sunday. Uh, I've had a great time with you today. Hope you've enjoyed the stories. Uh, celebrate your dad or your spiritual fathers uh, every day. 
and let them know how much you love them and, uh, and leave a legacy for your kids and your grandkids and for generations that you may not ever get to meet, uh, a, a spiritual legacy that will ripple through the ages. From Journey Fellowship Church, I'm Doug McCla- uh, From Journey Fellowship Church, I'm Doug McAllister. Thanks for joining me today. Uh, I'll see you next time here on Stories I Didn't Tell last Sunday.